Hi team, this is the Be Real With Us podcast by The Path to Goals on a mission to help you quit yo-yo dieting forever, eat foods you love, embrace the strength of lifting heavy ass weights and cultivate an undeniable level of confidence that inspires women around you to do the exact same. We are certified nutritionists and personal trainers who just wanna be real with you when it comes to nutrition, strength, and mindset. We specialize in behavior change, hormones, metabolism, sleep, stress, recovery, and mindset. If you are frustrated by all the conflicting information floating around on the internet, well, don't worry because we are here to call out the bullshit and help you stop overthinking and start doing. Billions of these humans, humans. spinning on a ball of confusion. confusion. Some kids I went to school with, school with. gave up on their dreams, they said screw it. Screw it. I said, oh, I'ma make some music. Even if they tell me it won't do shit Damn, I fucking knew it I'm blowing up quick, I said boom, bitch I could give Welcome a to the Be Real With Us podcast Guess what? We have a special surprise We have Shantae and Isaiah as well as Coach Denise here Yay! 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 It's a party, a party of four <laughs> Yes. So excited. Baby Isaiah, actually, you want to announce his official uh, birth date? Yeah, baby Isaiah was born. And by the way, I'm just going to pause real quick. Um, if you hear a little bit of like crying and sucking, uh, I'm in the middle of breastfeeding right now. <laughs> I thought for sure he was going to, you know, be sound asleep for this episode. And then five minutes before he starts crying and begging for the boobs. So here we're, here we are. Uh, <laughs> um, but he looks like he's, he's asleep. So, um, yes. Yeah, so Isaiah Novik gold, he doesn't have a last name. My husband and I, uh, we combined our last names. Uh, Isaiah Novik gold was born December 26 at 12 51 PM. We thought it was going to be a Christmas baby, but, um, I'll explain, you know, why it wasn't <laughs> second. Um, but yeah, he's here officially, finally, and I love it. I love being a new mommy. <laughs> oh my goodness. I actually popped over. I was like, I have to meet him in person before the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. popped over there literally an hour before and Camila got to say hi and we got to meet him only for 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. At this stage, they're just, all they're doing is eating. Like eating, and, eating sleeping. and sleeping, but he was so alert and awake when you guys were there. Mm -hmm. Like the, probably the longest that I've seen so far. So yeah, I, if, I, if I sound tired, it's because I am. <laughs> I still cannot believe that you are pregnant and now you have a human. Like that's still like, I don't believe that. That's I'm so happy I'm not pregnant anymore. I think that is worth celebrating right now as well. <laughs> like just like I'm not carrying a child that he's actually here. Um, yeah, pregnancy is... Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did not like it. I Zero out of 10. Okay, but zero out of 10 or like five out of 10. Like, I feel like the, the mo majority of the pregnancy for you was totally okay, like the, great. The, it was. It was. Okay. I'm probably just over-exaggerating and complaining more than I need to. But the part that I hated the most was wearing the same three maternity leggings uh, every <laughs> single week yep. and the same, the same clothes mm -hmm. and 
you know, toward the end, it was getting frustrated because he was due on the 18th, but he arrived a week later. And so <laughs> I was just aching everywhere. I felt weak. I could, could barely go on a reasonable walk without my hips hurting. <laughs> and I was just like, baby, you need to get out. Like, get out of me right now. Yeah. Um, I, it, I've seen uh, memes where it's like, um, you know, this many weeks for trimester one and two, and then three, it's like five years. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like the, the third trimester takes the longest. It's like It really end. does. It really does. Oh, my so. God. It's going to be fun with three different perspectives. I know we were talking about it this morning. So, Alyssa, you already had your baby. You're on your second one. Shantae's her first. And I'm like, what do you mean? The She's chilling. Denise is chilling. <laughs> She's like, wait, what's happening? What's what happening? <laughs> Getting a little sneak peek. Oh, yeah. the joys of motherhood. No, this is great. I mean, I mean, Denise, you're 30. I'm 35. Both listen. Oh, wait, well, I'm going to be 35. I mean, at some point, you just kind of stop counting. But you, yeah, you 30. Forget. You forget. <laughs> yeah, 35. And so I do have to say, like, I was just kind of thinking about how long we've waited mm -hmm. and the timing mm -hmm. of everything. And I could not have been more prepared for this baby. Mm -hmm. You know, we have done everything on the back end when it comes to, you know, creating a solid foundation for him and just for us too, and doing all the things that we've wanted to do. And Kevin and I have spent eight years, just him and I together building a life together and establishing our careers and, um, you know, becoming financially stable and the house renovations. It was so funny because this morning he was, uh, he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to clean up because I know this is probably giving you anxiety. And I was like, honestly, it's not because this is what I was expecting. Like, this is why I was so adamant about the house projects being done and everything mm -hmm. being clean and organized because I know it was going to be chaos <laughs> once we bring the baby home and I wasn't about to bring chaos in more chaos. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. I'm team wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad we waited for all the points you just mentioned. Uh, I think no, no sh shade to anyone oh, yeah, that has no. them younger. No. My, my mom did. And I, mom I can under too. I can understand and see why having them younger is also a benefit because you, you're I mean, not to say that we don't have a ton of energy because we do. But yeah. I know as a young uh, younger 20 year old having a toddler or a newborn, you're a little bit probably bouncing back a, a smidge <laughs> faster. <laughs> Staying up late is probably not a thing. Um, whereas now I'm like, Ugh, I want to go to bed at eight and I want to get yeah. up. <laughs> like, a newborn keeping me up all night is not, not something I'm looking forward to. <laughs> well, such an inspiration. I've been taking notes from both of you. I've been taking notes on how to be a mom and also how to prep and plan. <laughs> I love all of this. Yes. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. And you got plenty of time, Denise. And so I always joke that Denise has it in her contract that she's not allowed to have kids for at least five years. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you are not having kids anytime soon. Okay. Like we just need to wait a little bit longer. Oh my goodness. Do you want to tell us the whole labor process? Yeah. Tell us everything. Okay. Well, uh, this is going to be really funny, but, uh, yeah, like I said, his due date was December 18th. Uh, he, well, I started laboring Christmas morning at like 1 30 AM. Now I didn't know I was laboring. Let me tell you what it felt like. It felt like I was constipated and I had to take a shit <laughs> and I went out to go to the bathroom and obviously nothing happened and came out and I'm like, okay. And then I woke up at 3.30 again, having that urge to go to the bathroom. Nothing. Okay. Well, this is really uncomfortable and weird. 
And then it happened again at like 5.30, I think, around 5. And then I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe these are contractions. <laughs> um, and later on I found out, which I'll get into later as well, because uh, I was talking to one of the nurses. She said, yeah, people, you know, some people experience contractions in their uh, – lower abdominal area and some people experience in their lower back and that can cause the sensation of feeling like constipated like you have to go to the bathroom so interesting i did I know. not know that because mine was very much in the front like i remember mm. being very like very period cramp yeah type of feeling where i was keeling over so yeah well I actually, I actually i actually felt that later because later. Okay. um during like during the not during the pushing, but before the pushing, uh, one side of my epidural started to fade off, so Ooh. I could feel the contractions in the uh, upper left hip, mm-hmm. and I kept telling the nurses like, okay. "Hey, I'm feeling it over here. I'm feeling it over here." Push that push- I did, I did. I pushed that button like a million times, and they said that it was because of his positioning, because he wasn't in the right positioning to push or low enough, or I don't know. So I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't sound right. I just feel like the medicine wore off over there. Like, yeah, you're like, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I did feel it, feel those sensations later on, but in the beginning stages, it very much felt like I was constipated. Uh, yeah. And so, um, when Kevin woke up, I told him, I'm like, I think I'm having contractions. He's like, okay, well, should we start tracking? I'm like, I guess. And um, yeah, then they just started coming in waves and becoming stronger. And so I'm like, okay, I need to get my hair and makeup done now because they're mm-hmm. manageable. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to, I need to get ready for the for the hospital. So I took a shower, did my started doing my makeup, started doing my hair, and the contractions, you know, started to intensify during you know my hair and makeup routine. Uh, and so I tried to film as much as I could because I wanted you know those memories and. Um, then, you know, it was, it what was so nice and I think such a great memory. This was Christmas day. And so our house was kind of, you know, decorated with Christmas stuff. Kevin put music on the background Aww. in our living room, like Christmas music. And our doula gave us some tips with stretching and swaying and just to kind of alleviate the, the, the pain a little bit, make it a little bit more comfortable during contractions. Mm-hmm. and. What I love most about it was just how attentive Kevin was. He was with me the entire time. And um, every time I would tell him I'm having a contraction, he would like hold me as I like swayed back and forth and he would hug me and kiss me and tell me I'm doing a good job. And um, he's like, he likes this. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Like there were, Oh my God, there was a point where he was like whistling in the background. I'm like, don't do that. (laughs) Stop whistling. You're too happy back there. Stop it. Yeah. He was like all excited and, um, he was whistling to the, to the beat of the Christmas music that was playing. And I was like, stop it. (laughs) See, I was the opposite. Fern was trying to help. He was like trying to do all the things like I was on my bed and, and like having a contraction. He would try to rub me back. I was like, get the fuck away from me. Like, don't touch me. He was literally mowing the lawn. I was like, just get away. Stay away from me. That's what I was expecting because you said that. And I was like, okay, that I, that definitely sounds like something I would probably do But you too. enjoyed the Yeah, support. no, I, I enjoyed it so much. Aww. And I just enjoyed watching Kevin just be really attentive and comforting Mm -hmm. with me and trying to, you know, make things as easy as possible. That's so sweet. 
So he was talking to our doula the whole time, you know, texting her, asking her questions and just screenshotting where I'm at with the contraction process. And uh, eventually I did say I want to go to the hospital because they were intensifying. And so we mm-hmm. went and lo and, and behold. What time oh. was that at though? Oh, you have gosh. to give us a. Girl, I don't know. I was you don't just- <laughs> I don't remember those details, Kevin. That's all of those details. I'm in like, I'm in pain. I'm not really paying attention to what time it is. Currently, yeah, I know. I want to say it was like the same time we ended up going. I thought it was around two or three. Um, It could have, yeah, probably. Got to the hospital a few minutes ago. Two forty six. Okay, Alyssa has the notes on her end. Yeah, so we got to the hospital, and I was expecting. In my head, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll ask for an epidural and they're going to give it to me immediately. No, <laughs> we go there and they have to go through their entire fucking intake process, asking me a million questions, sticking their fucking fingers up my vagina to test like where I'm at with, you know, the dilation and mm-hmm. pressing on my stomach. One of the Does nurses- this hurt? <laughs> yes. Pretty much the nurse was like, oh, you're having a contraction right now. She's like pressing on my stomach. I'm like... Yeah, bitch. Can you not do that? (laughs) They're so invasive. I I feel like once you birth a child at a hospital, you just all your privacy, like you just it like oh my god. And there was like five of them in a room joking Mm -hmm. around, saying, "Oh my god, wow, you're seven to eight centimeters. People would be screaming by now, but you're taking it like a champ." And oh my god, I love your nails. And I'm just like, just get me the fucking epidural. (laughs) Like I don't care what any of you have to say um so it was like the it was like the triage uh room so the intake room and then the nurse was like um are you able to walk to the labor and delivery room or do you want me to push you uh on the bed and i was like if you could push me that would be great (laughs) i would like to be hauled in this bed yeah i don't want to move until i get that epidural um and so she's trying to move me in the bed and she's like hitting the doors and like, oh my she has God. to take off her, she has to take off her jacket. She's like sweating, like pushing. This bed. I'm like, okay, maybe I should just get up and walk. Never mind. Oh um, my but she, God. But she made it in there. Um, and then they had, so they called the anesthesiologist to insert the epidural, but he was waiting because I needed to um, have, an IV put in Mm -hmm. and to stabilize my blood pressure. And he wasn't going to give me the epidural until that was stabilized and until I had enough saline Mm -hmm. in my system. So I had to keep waiting and going through the contractions, just sitting there waiting for him to come. And then finally he comes and I'm wearing um, like a, I guess, yeah, they're pajamas, but it's like a dress, a buttoned up dress. and the nurse is like, oh, can we change you or can you change into the the gown that we have? Because it, it'll be a lot easier for the anesthesiologist mm-hmm. yeah, to get the back. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even say yes or no. Like the, I, I was just like st- stand, stood still because I was in so much pain. She's like, you know what? It's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Let's just give you that epidural and then we'll worry about the, the gown. Too many questions. Just freaking <laughs> give it to me. I couldn't even give her an answer. Oh my God, um, girl. And so then the anesthesiologist came in, he gave me that patrol. And it's funny because um, 
they said that it usually takes about 20 to 40 minutes to kick in. 40? Yeah. And I was just like, great. But I actually felt it immediately because I start, I was having contractions and the nurse was like, oh, how did that contraction feel? You're like, what contraction? Yeah. Like, I didn't feel it at all. <laughs> yeah. They have that and, monitor. I remember yeah. them saying that you're like, oh my God, it's a miracle. It's, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> I don't feel anything. It was so amazing. And I and then I was just happy after that. I, I had a chance to sleep mm-hmm. and relax and mm-hmm. you know, Kevin was chilling and um you know, because I was almost eight centimeters dilated, I thought, you know, this is gonna be quick. I'm I'm gonna have him within the next couple hours, you know, only two more centimeters, but it dragged because um he wasn't getting low enough naturally. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't um naturally like getting in a position where it was uh, easy enough for me to push. And so we were kind of just waiting for that to happen. And so it kind of just prolonged the process. And eventually, you know, they asked me to do some practice pushes. uh, And then they did some uh, like stretches. So they would turn me on my side, wiggle my hips, Mm -hmm. my legs, my butt to try to, you know, get him into that position that he needs to. Um, but it wasn't really working. And I did some practice pushes. He came down a little bit, but not enough. And then they asked me if, um, no, wait, this is later. Um, so then it was, they were like, okay, well, let's just try. She's like, I feel like you're going to be a really great pusher. (laughs) She's like, you have a lot of muscle and, uh, you know, I think that he's going to come out quick, but are you ready to get that started now? I'm like, yes, I was ready to get started like an hour ago. So I'm yes, Mm -hmm. let's do that. What? Nine centimeters here oh I was at 10 I was 10 oh, you were at 10. 10 yeah I was at 10 for a while for and like an around hour. what time do you think that was at because uh, I have you sleeping at 807 oh it was probably around closer to midnight then oh okay so yeah. and, and did you get food like during that time oh, so they gave me liquid dinner. liquids got yeah. it okay so that's bone, what I was gonna say bone yeah, broth, broth yo uh, not yogurt uh jello popsicle mm-hmm. apple juice i took it all i was like i'm yeah. starving feed me, me. whatever you're, you're allowed to <laughs> me too yeah i took it all yeah um and that was and that's because, because Denise, i never you know if they if they have to do c-section i guess they don't want food in your stomach mm-hmm. can you describe what the pain is like because i'm planning for no epidural but now i'm like i think I'm <laughs> Girl, okay and that's what i was thinking i was like People do this without medication. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Those crazy ass people out there. No. I mean, because I see all the time. I mean, it's, it's been getting really popular to do home births and, mm-hmm. you know, um, no no medication. And I I see and hear that a lot. And, you know, when they told me I was eight centimeters dilated for in that moment, I was like, oh, okay, it's like two more centimeters. I mean, I could, if I guess, if I wanted to do this naturally, which I'm not going to, but... I, I could see why maybe, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm I'm right there. Like might as well just finish it. Right. But again, like what, what happens if like what happened with Isaiah, he wasn't positioning, you know? And Mm -hmm. so that prolonged it for another like three out three, four hours. It's like, if you're not medicated, you're going to have to go Mm -hmm. through all of that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I mean, people do it. I, I think yeah. it, you're just very uncomfortable. Women are exhausted because they're yeah. going through it for that long. Like you got, got to sleep a little bit. You got to eat. Like if you were no epidural, you'd probably be exhausted to push. Yeah. I was yeah. I was exhausted to push and I got some naps in. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, but then also with like the pushing and getting him out, I also um, 
ripped a little down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they had to stitch me up. And so that's also another thing that I thought of, like, if you're having a home birth and yeah. something like that happens, how are you going to take care of that? <laughs> so my you mom, know? my mom was telling me, so she had me unmedicated and she couldn't remember if she got episiotomy where they cut you or if she mm-hmm. ripped. Um, but yeah, it happens unmedicated too. She was like, yeah, yeah, I think when you're in the moment, I think the pain is just kind of. That's what my mom said because it happened to her too. Um, A lot she, of women do. Yeah. She was laboring so. I was like interested in this because there's like, I have another friend who wants to do this. Instead of calling it contractions, we call it surges mm. and you're able to feel and it's supposed to, I could be wrong. Like be a faster delivery process because you feel everything. However, like, look, I'm I'm taking all the notes. <laughs> What's up, Be Real with us listeners? We want to take a minute to talk to you about our Elite 360 Transformation Program with you. Our one-on-one programming focuses on three main pillars to help you achieve athletic results. Number one, optimal nutrition. Building an impressive physique requires you to fuel your body by consistently consuming the right portions of macronutrients, your carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, micronutrients, vitamins, and minerals, and hydration to meet each individual needs for optimal performance, recovery, and sustained vitality. Two, strength training. Did you know women lose 1% of muscle mass per year after 30? This decline significantly raises the risk of chronic health issues as we age. So if we're not proactively building and maintaining muscle, we're losing it. We teach our clients how to properly build muscle and strength through our strength training program so they become more resilient and confident during all stages of their life. And number three, the most important part, behavior change. A true athlete recognizes the key to mastering their craft lies in seeking guidance and feedback from a trusted coach. They inherently grasp the importance of continuous learning and maintain a growth mindset throughout every step of their journey. Our team specializes in behavior science where we implement evidence-based techniques to help you cultivate the lifestyle habits and mindset of a true athlete. So if you're interested in learning how to become an athlete of your own life. Click the application link in the show notes to apply and we can't wait to hear from you. I mean, I don't know. I I always knew I wanted an epidural, um, but I suppose if you like plan for it and with like mindset and all the things that we talk about with like the breathing and Um, You know, I've heard really great birth stories of unmedicated birth stories, you know, and so I know it can be done Uh, for Kevin. Like, even if I wanted to do an unmedicated one, he probably wouldn't be down with that because I did mention it at one point. He's like, no, no, he's like, we're going to a hospital where there's medical professionals and in case anything happens. Well, because what happened was literally Fern was the same. He's like, what? Like, why? Because I first thought he was like. Oh, maybe we'll do it for a home or it like. It sounds a, nice, you know, right? It sounds, sounds beautiful. Nice. <laughs> like I read a whole book on home birthing and like um, what do you call it? What what's it called? I can't remember. Anyways, but it was a book. Talk I did first podcast, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> already famous. Uh, no, Andy's the same too. So I'm gonna consider changing my mind as I'm hearing your story. You know. <laughs> you know. You never know. You never know. You never know. Um, but another thing too is that I forgot to mention and why I'm glad that we went to the hospital, um, is because 
uh, he wasn't coming out super easy. And so they asked if we, if they could use a vacuum uh, to help with the, to help with the process. And, you know, part of our birth plan, we decided that we didn't want to use any of that stuff. But when they asked, I looked at Kevin, he was nodding his head. Yes. (laughs) Like just do it because Mm -hmm. we wanted to get the baby out. And um, it's just this little like suction uh, cord. It's, it's very gentle. It's very gentle. Um, but it's just to help facilitate the, the him coming out. And so they put it on his head mm-hmm. and then they help with pulling him out that way as mm-hmm. I'm pushing. Um, so yeah. Um, it only took about three or four pushes to mm-hmm. get him out. And, um, yeah, after that they put him on my chest and yeah. And that was that. And then, you know, they, uh, waited a couple minutes to cut the umbilical cord mm-hmm. uh, so he can get all of the, you know, mm-hmm. oxygen and nutrients that he needs. And then they took him to clean him. And as they were like cleaning up down there, they're explained to me, you know, hey, there's, you know, a little rip here. We're going to sew it up. And, you know, they were kind of explaining all of this. I couldn't feel a thing. And so I was like, do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Like, you know, make it look nice and tidy. I'm good, you know? Yeah. But, you know, in my, in my head, I was like, oh, this is like, so this is a breeze. Like, this, you know, like the sewing up and like getting cleaned up and all that stuff. I, it just felt like because the epidural was still present. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah. this isn't so bad. But the next day and today still, I'm like wobbling to the bathroom, uh, yeah. going pee hurts, like going yeah. – like just sitting down hurts. You feel like so. you're at war. I tell you, childbirth is like a battlefield, man. It's a physically exhausting. Yeah. It's a high demand from your body. I mean, giving birth and then nursing a child with little sleep after that very strenuous experience is, it's intense. It's an intense. It's so intense. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that helped me during my contractions actually was a lot of visualization with um, lifting. And so I, I actually talked about this on my stories, but, um, because I have done a lot of lifting competitions and, you know, just have a lot of experience with that area as the contractions are coming and they were strong and intense. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Let me, uh, Maybe milk ran out of that boob and you just need the other one. Yeah, I'm going to switch the boob real quick. (laughs) Okay, just a second, guys. Um, But, yeah, during those contractions, I was just visualizing um, me lifting heavy and uh, lifting uh, either like doing uh, heavy squats or deadlifts. And just having that image in my head really helped me like get through the the contractions and reminded me how freaking strong I am and how I could get through anything. Um, but uh, I was actually talking to a powerlifter friend, and she was like, "That's so funny because that I was visualizing the same thing through my pushing." Um, and I'm like, "Damn, like that could have been a good time for me to do that too." But uh, I think because I was feel, actually feeling the contractions during that time, uh, my mind was distracted and there's just so many things going on. And also it feel, it felt like my head was about to explode. Like my, um, blood vessel, like my face, um, Oh yeah. Blood vessels were mm-hmm. going to pop. 
when I was pushing. So that's what I was focusing on. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely just wanted to highlight how empowering it is to know that you are physically capable to do physically hard things as a woman um, and how society has kind of conditioned us to believe that we're a lot weaker than we think we are. Um, and if you can birth a child and go through all of that, mm -hmm. you can, you can get your ass in the gym and lift some heavy weights and, uh, do some physically hard things. That's what our bodies are designed to do. Our bodies are not designed to sit at a desk all day, sit in traffic all day, sit on the couch and watch TV. Uh, we are made and designed to do physically hard things and complete that stress cycle that Denise and the coach, you know, mm -hmm. and Alyssa talks about all the time. And mm -hmm. so after going through that birth experience, I was like, dude, like lifting helps so much if, mm -hmm. as, as painful as it was. And there's just nothing around it. Everybody's, um, you know, pain level and tolerance and management is going to be different, but mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, it's going to be a lot better if you have some good muscle and lifting under your belt than if you don't, or if you didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're listening and you've had children and you've given birth, like you yeah. can do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't even given birth. And as I'm hearing this story, I'm like, the gym sounds pretty nice. <laughs> sounds easy right? to go to that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm like, wow. Like that is so true with what you said, Shantae, that if you have given birth to a human child, you can definitely lift more than five pounds. You can definitely get yourself to the gym. You can definitely show up in all of the ways. And so mm -hmm. I love that so much. Women, you already are doing the hard thing. Yeah. Like raising a child, it's freaking hard. <laughs> Every day, I always think about people who may it like if you're out there and you you're sleeping like you know this about yourself that you're sleeping habits aren't great and you feel that you're super stressed all the time um and maybe you aren't moving your body and you have children like children are a physical sport sporting event like they seriously are like i if if you haven't made it to the gym yet if you have a child i promise you you can do the hard things in the gym because mm -hmm. like all the time camila wants to be held i'm picking her up cooking dinner carrying my groceries in and oftentimes most of the times when i'm doing these things i'm like thank god i lift because it yeah. is hard okay these kids are heavy and they want to yeah. be held <laughs> and yeah. there's so many things within just being a homemaker and being at home that require mm -hmm. you to be strong so you women you're already doing it but do it in a way where you can get into a space that you can focus on having some alone time right away from yeah. the, the kids um yeah. and then making your aesthetic goals a a, a reality yeah mm -hmm. but also like lifting technique and form, mm -hmm. right? Because you can't afford an injury when you're taking care of your kids. I can imagine there's not a whole lot of people out there that that have time to deal with an injury when you have a family uh, to take care of. So uh, when you are lifting or learning how to lift and getting stronger, building muscle, you also have to prioritize your technique and your form. And that is going to have tremendous transfer over how you take care of your kids and how you interact with them for sure. Yeah. And it sounds like it's also helpful that you are so strong and throughout that the recovery process is a lot. I freaking hope that the recovery process is uh, not going to be longer than it needs to be. Uh, like the past couple of days, I was like, am I going to be able to like 
go to the bathroom comfortably again. <laughs> like, yes. It all, am it I going to be able to have sex again? <laughs> it all sounds very scary right now, but yeah. I promise you in a few weeks, it'll be a distant memory. You will forget all about it. Oh, I freaking hope so. Because the past couple of days I was like, okay, I was not, I was not expecting this at all. Yeah. I mean, I knew that there was going to be a recovery process, but the pain <laughs> just yeah. Yeah. Don't remind me. I have to do this in I five know. months. You have to okay? do that. <laughs> you forget. That's why it's like, you, it's such a blur. I feel like the whole first month is such a blur that you are willing to do it again. Like I am. Because yeah. you forget. You forget. 100%. And oh. people do this multiple, like oh. more than two. Like That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, how are people having four, five, six kids? My grandma. That's what you want, Denise, right? You want a whole well, village. Well, my grandma had 11 children. So oh and she had it unmedicated no all of them without yeah without any medical professions and so all of them yeah holy shit wow that's what people did back in the day though i think my grandma she had six and i think a lot of people women had more kids back then yeah they were popping they were slipping right out (laughs) (laughs) so yeah okay maybe it's different i don't don't know. know yeah you know what's cool though i keep talking about this you have all of your meals prepped for you. Like you did that. And so now that's like one less thing you need to even think about. Oh my God. Thank God. Because I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeding him most of the day. And as yeah. you as you guys can tell right now, mm-hmm. um, feeding him and napping. And, you know, obviously most of this schedule at this point revolves around him. And so, you know, in back of my mind, I'm like, when would I even have time to eat or make anything? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, like I said, I've never had a kid before, but I definitely knew that planning my meals in advance was going to help me make the process a lot smoother. So any new moms out there or pre- anybody who's pregnant or planning on having kids strongly recommend, this is what I did. I took about six weeks to plan no, it wasn't six weeks. It was maybe, okay. Yeah. Maybe six to five, five to six weeks to make extra meals, uh, to freeze and have six weeks worth of meals prepped for the first six weeks of, uh, having a newborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my husband and I, we have a large refrigerator freezer. I would highly recommend investing in a second freezer so you can have, you know, this is not something that you could just, that you just have to do during uh newborn stage. You could do this anytime in your fitness journey. Um, but prepping meals ahead of time, freezing them. And I weighed and measure everything to make sure that the meals were balanced or had enough calories and had enough protein. So now it's super easy to track and I can monitor if I'm eating enough and eating enough high quality foods, Mm -hmm. which makes everything so much better because obviously you need to be eating enough to, Mm -hmm. um, have consistent milk supply. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a little tip there yeah. for any Big tip. ladies. Yeah. Yes, that's really, really helpful. I think, and then having support from a spouse is sometimes not always, or, or family members isn't always um, everyone's, uh, 
what's my train of thought? Like not everyone has that. Yeah, for and sure. And so um, if you are a single mom, which me and you were laughing about this the other day, it's like, how do single moms do this? Oh, 100%. That's but if, so hard. Yeah, like not all um, spouses have weeks off. Like I know Fernando, he mm -hmm. took a week off and was back at work. So having those meals ready to go, so you're not just snacking all day. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of women that just give birth oftentimes find it difficult to lose weight because you're, you're starving, you're hungry all the yeah. time. Your breastfeeding requires very high calories, um, mm -hmm. over maintenance. Um, and so everyone's going to be different depending on sex. Um, well, obviously everyone's a female, but, <laughs> um, uh, your body composition and your past history, but mm -hmm you're going to want those meals ready for you, especially if you have a spouse yeah. working and you don't have family there to assist. It's probably one of the biggest hacks. Like I couldn't think of some anything else other than having food prepped that would be as helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think what's cool is that you notice what you're able to control and what you're not. So you're like, look, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know about my sleep. Maybe someone who doesn't have a kid yet and has a lot of maybe work or other things that they're occupied with, that time spent prepping is so key and important. Like now you are able to nourish your body and provide the milk supply for Isaiah during yeah. this time. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Definitely thanking my past self for yeah. doing that. It's been super helpful. Um, but yeah, and I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for this year and our goals. I know we've been talking about as a team, uh, mm -hmm. what goals that we want to focus on individually and as a team. And so I'm really excited to, you know, get through the recovery process. Kevin was like, Shante, because I keep talking about like recovery and like life after recovery and what that's going to look like for me. And he's like, Shante, don't get all impatient and start doing things that is going to cause more, you know, pain. And I'm like, I know, I know. I'm like, at this point, I would really love to just go to the bathroom comfortably and go on a walk. Like that's goal number one for me, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm not going to rush things and I definitely yeah. want to recover a hundred percent before I get back into anything, but I'm definitely itching to get back into the gym and to start building again, to hire my own coach and mm -hmm. to just, you know, kill it this year with fitness. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. What does that look like for you? Like what are those specific goals and timeline and guess as you're kind of like in the unknown? Yeah. Um, well, my primary goal is to pack on or yeah, pack on as much muscle as possible. I mean, I lost a lot of it. It's so freaking amazing how that happens. You spend 10, <laughs> you spend 10 years literally building the body that you've always wanted and it's poof, gone with it. No, it's not gone. You still have a good oh, foundation yeah. under there. I don't know, girl. <laughs> Just like, where do my arms go? I have no definition. Um, it's okay. I mean, it's fine. I'm not like super worried about it, but uh, yeah. So I definitely want to, you know, I'm not even going to think about weight loss. I'm not going to think about trying to, you know, lose inches or anything. I really just want to start building and eating mm -hmm. and just getting back in that routine and walking and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, my 
first step is to hire a coach that I've been, you know, eyeing for a little bit. And once I'm fully recovered, uh, I'm going to start working with him and then go into a building phase. And then I'm going to do a cut, obviously, at the end. And we've talked to our own clients about this for next year, but one of our strategies for helping you stay motivated and focused is scheduling in something like an event or something that you are excited about or something that puts you outside of your comfort zone, like a fitness competition or a race or a photo shoot, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I'm coming back with the damn photo shoot and I can't wait. I love photo shoot. (laughs) So we're we're all going to be doing the photo shoot thing as Mm -hmm. a team, but individually uh, I'm going to be doing uh, some fun photo shoot ideas, some fitness and some, you know, sexy ones. So that'll definitely help me stay motivated and focused and uh, I'm excited. I think people are scared to book that date because there's a thought on what if it's not possible? What if I can't Mm. do it? What if I won't get there? And I think that's the thing you need to book it because it's possible. You're like, I am going to do it. I am going to show up. This is what I'm working towards. And so the action of booking that date and creating that is what is the first step. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's totally the case for me too. Like, I don't know what the next year is going to look like with a newborn and a kid. I have no idea, but I'm still going to schedule it and plan it and work towards it and do my best to get to a place where I feel confident enough to do it. So, you know, it's either that or not doing it at all. And so Mm -hmm. which one you feel more comfortable with, you know, not trying or booking it and trying everything you can to make it there. And if it's not what you imagined that it would turn out, who cares? It's Mm -hmm. your first time. My first photo shoot was a fucking disaster. Like I couldn't even use half of the pictures. So it's fine. Like you just have to do it, try it out and then do it again. (laughs) Yep. It's so much of what you learn. So with our program and our clients, with the athlete mentality, that Mm -hmm. booking scheduling is game day. So then you can practice towards that and just get to learn and continue to grow in that way. And then when game day comes, you just get to have fun, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun. Play around. You know, if photo shoots scare you, you know, take a couple shots. You'll be fine. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I do every time. I have my little bottle of whiskey that I bring with me and I'll take a couple shots throughout the, the shoot and I get a little loose and it's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> what are your guys' goals? What are your What are your yes. guys' goals for next year? I'm trying to fucking build, and it's hard. I just <laughs> other places. So for me, like, look, you can't spot reduce fat loss. You can't like get to choose where you gain your weight. I always mm-hmm. gain it in my face first, and so <laughs> I see it in my face, and I'm like, Ugh, like, can I just get muscles? Like, in- yeah. <laughs> So yeah, no, all next year is all building, which is going to be so fun because we're all building together and getting a shit ton of muscle. And then I want to oh, see yeah. just how how jacked I can get. And then we'll cut and then we'll have a <laughs> next year. But that's my goal along yes. with um So we couple. all are planning a photo shoot in October, we decided, right? Yes. That's all. Yeah. So I give birth in May. Elizabeth has a shorter time frame. Yeah, um, y'all put it on me. Just just letting you guys know who are listening now. Like I <laughs> uh so May probably can't start trading to end of June. So July, August, okay. we're October. Four months. Four so months. Okay. I'll, I'll be doing a body co- <laughs> recomp. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it'll be quick, but that's okay. Um 
what I'll probably do is, yeah, it'll look, I'm going to try to keep as much muscle as I can. Um, right. I'll probably do a four month quick little build, four month recomp. And then, <laughs> uh, I'll probably have go to a build. more time, go back into a build yeah. after October yeah. because yeah. Denise and I, yeah, we, it's hard for us to put on muscle. Wow. Um, so I'll probably take the next year after that to really do a solid building phase October through probably close to summer and then do a mini, mini cut then and do another photo shoot. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, we're talking about goals, like going into 2025, you guys. So oh, yeah. you, you got to map also, it out. You have to map it yeah. out. And you also also have to understand that it's going to take time, right? It's going to take time. And, you know, I know Alyssa's uh, turned around for or her goals, you know, for body recomp and the first photo shoot is a quick turnaround, but um yeah, all of these things, like if you have certain aesthetic or performance goals, just know that you're probably not going to achieve them the first year that you do it. It's going to, it's like a year to year process. And so I, I know for myself, like, okay, I'm, I'm starting over again and that's okay. Like, it's going to be fun. Like it's, it's a completely different experience now than it was for me 10 years ago, because I'm a better spot mentally. I have a strong foundation with my habits uh, and so I'm really excited about the process, even though it sucks that, you know, I, it feels like I've lost all of my hard work, but I know what to expect moving forward. And I know that I'm not going to get my body back within like a couple months. Nope. And so you have to have honest and realistic expectations and know that, okay, I'm going to set these goals, but I know that my main end goal is probably not going to happen for maybe like a couple of years. Yeah. And that's okay. Right. Yeah, like right. I'm going to do the photo shoot with you guys knowing like, Hey, <laughs> I may not be at my peak photo shoot best, but we're going to do it. It's going to be fun. It'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. And then I'll train again and we'll do another photo shoot again. Like, yes. Just like exactly. we were talking about earlier. Just book it, do yep. it, yep. Um, and then do another one. You yeah, have other opportunities. I think the biggest mistake is that people keep looking at this outcome. I want to be here at this place, at this weight, at this body, mm -hmm. and they forget on what's happening right now. So then they end up doing nothing and in action mm. worse than just trying and taking action. So I love That's that we're enjoying Yes, absolutely. So Isaiah is sleeping. Oh, hi, there he is. There he is. He's skin to skin. Yeah, he's a little milk drunk right now. Oh, you guys look. Oh, yeah. He's so cute. If you guys want to see him, go to the YouTube. So we have... If you guys are listening on Spotify or Apple, we actually be real with us on YouTube. It's around minute 42. Yes. <laughs> you can see baby Isaiah, okay? <laughs> if you want to fast forward and go see him. Yeah. You live. look so good, by the way, Shantae. And I think that's helpful, right? Like you, like when you're mentioning putting your makeup on before delivery and getting ready and showering, that's important because yeah. then you get to like look good, feel good, and you act that part versus yeah. if like, let's say you don't take care of yourself or do your hair or do your makeup, you'll probably be like feeling that way too. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's so important to really prioritize what you like. I mean, I know not everybody is super into like hair and makeup, but that's what mm -hmm. I like and that's what makes mm -hmm. me feel good. So it was important for me to prioritize that during my contractions yeah. <laughs> uh, before going to the hospital. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, you know, even post delivery too. It's so funny because um, even though I did my hair and makeup before delivery, I did not look like that after I, the pictures that I posted, <laughs> the pictures that I posted on Instagram was like the next day after I like took a shower and like redid my makeup. Mm -hmm. 
but, but yeah, I was looking rough. My dad visited us and took a couple pictures of me. I was like, oh my God, like, please do not send that to me. It was terrible. Those will never see the light of day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, please. Sweat like, it I, all off. I want to pretend like I never saw that. That was awful. But um, it's, it was really sweet too, because it was probably, you know, that day and yesterday and like the day before, like coming home was probably like the ugliest I've ever Oh my god! <laughs> but Kevin, which just, just made me feel so like pretty and like loved, and because he was just giving me hugs and kisses and like telling me he was proud of me and you know Aww. being so attentive to me. And in my head, I'm like, oh my god, I just like look so awful <laughs> right now. But okay, I guess you really do love me. <laughs> like, you feel like the bus hit you for sure. It, yeah. it really is a physically demanding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that made me feel a little bit better. I'm like, damn, okay, we're in like the next level of our marriage right now. And yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Did they offer to show you? Did they slide the mirror through the bird? Oh, no, they didn't. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I would have wanted to see that. It's really, so I said no at first. And they're like, it's really not that bad. And so, Denise, they, 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 so at Kaiser, at least, when uh, Camila was crowning, they said, do you want us to show you? It was like a giant mirror they rolled out in front of I would love to see it. Yeah. I was <laughs> yeah, like, no. I said no. And then I was like, all right, yeah, roll it out. And so and then they let you touch your baby's head. It's a very uh, interesting experience. But I was curious if they offered that. No, no. I think um, it sounds like Kaiser might, you know, like I said, allow uh, filming right. and like might offer more things. But I would, so we have, Kaiser insurance, but the hospital that we went at is contracted through Kaiser. So they're not Kaiser specific. Mm-hmm. So when I asked, cause I wanted to film the delivery, like Alyssa did, um, not like the actual, of like the baby coming out, but just like on the side where you could see me pushing, I thought that would have been a cool, you know, uh, and the nurse said, no, <laughs> she said it was because it's considered a procedure. So, hmm. and I, I don't know. I was so exhausted. I wasn't about to like ask more questions. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Let's just have this baby. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. You ready for your nap? Are you yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah. No, I'm good. I mean, we, oh my God, by the way, side note, if you don't have a snoo, you need to get mm-hmm. one. Uh, the first new. So a snoo is like this bassinet that plays sounds that I'm assuming mimic white the noise. sounds of like, yeah, white noise, but mimics okay. the sound of the baby inside the womb. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the motion. So you stick them in a swaddle, you connect the swaddle to the snoo and the snoo, once you plug it in and um, turn it on, it sways back and forth. So it helps the baby go to sleep. And again, it's supposed to mimic like the environment of the womb. And so the first night we brought him home, we have a swaddle, but it's like, he's, he, he doesn't even fit in newborn clothes. He's like swimming in them. <laughs> We're just so freaking cute. Um, but the swaddle is just too big. And then we put him in like the regular little side crib that we got and he was waking up like every hour. And so that was rough. And so we're like, okay, we're going to try this new. And mm-hmm. immediately he fell asleep and he slept for five hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you leave so it on the whole like, time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you left it on. Yeah. 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 I left it on the whole time. And oh, does it turn off automatically? We, well, it might have been. So, how I programmed it, and again, no rhyme or reason, I just did it this way. Uh, there's a weaning mode. And so what it'll do is a rock them. 
and then mm. it'll stop. If they cry, okay. it starts again. Oh. And if they cry harder, it goes faster. Has he cried oh. harder? Did you no. know that? Did you, oh, so I, I don't cries? think I did know. Maybe Kevin knows that. Okay, yeah. so there's four there's four levels. Uh-huh. The more he cries and the longer he cries, the faster it rocks. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so if it gets to a level four, and I think if you wait, if it's like more than a few minutes, then it stops and it the app will alert you that your baby needs you. Mm. Um, but was not, it's nice though, if they are crying, it, 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 it senses it and rocks them harder and harder. Yeah. And then um, as he stops, say he stops crying, then it goes slower and slower. Mm. And then I put it on weaning mode. So as soon as the Camila was asleep, it would completely stop. Okay. But you don't have cool. to. I think it just I, I, I was just worried that if when I didn't transfer her to the bed that she'd be so used to be rocked to sleep oh. that she wouldn't that so that was my reasoning, but I mean Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure that. Kevin knew about that feature, but I didn't know mm-hmm. about that. That sounds good. Yeah. But yeah, if you don't have a snoo, uh go on Facebook market, got it for five hundred bucks. Yeah, we split uh, so we're gonna split yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So she gets it first and then I was like, I'll I'll go fifty. I was like, cause I, I had one, but it was borrowed. And so mm-hmm. when she got pregnant, I was like, okay, we need to go in and on a snoo together. We'll split it. You take it first. I'll take it second. <laughs> and it worked out so perfect it. because it's mm-hmm. up to six months mm-hmm. recommended, right? And so yeah. that's about the time that Alyssa's going to have yep. her baby. And so like, I'll just perfect. you know give it to you. Yep. So yep. yeah, yep. definitely recommend the snoo if you haven't already. It was a lifesaver last night. Uh, so got a good five hours and then woke up for a couple hours, was talking to you guys for a little bit. And then I fed him and then we both fell asleep together for like mm-hmm. another three hours. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't bad last night or today, but we'll see, you know, it's still yeah. a couple days in. We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Much will happen over the next. <laughs> I'm like, what are people complaining about? This is easy. No, I'm just kidding. It definitely is not easy. <laughs> it's been really challenging, but so worth it. So worth it. Yay. Well, congratulations. Thanks, guys. I hope that wasn't too boring for listeners. <laughs> well, it, this is a fun episode. It's all right. Yeah. The next episode, we actually have Dr. Maddie coming on. Um, and so that'll be, oh, we're recording that Wednesday, but it's not released till Monday. Um, so if you guys have questions, so Dr. Maddie is a pelvic floor physical therapist who specializes in pregnancy and postpartum rehab. So if you have any questions for her that you want answered on the podcast, go to the show notes um, and submit your questions and we'll have her answer them live. Perfect. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Get some rest, mama. (laughs) See you next time. Bye. Bye. This show was produced by Pretty Easy Podcasts and made possible by listeners like you. If you ever thought of doing your own podcast, please visit prettyeasypodcasts.com.